I have a space heater on. Does that count? Yeah, move the space heater closer to the computer, and it won't freeze anymore. I, I, okay, the problem is I don't actually think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Computers freeze when they're too cold, right? Um, I mean, like, technically, but not in the same way, like, not in the computer freeze way. Um, they freeze in the same way that literally everything freezes. So hold on, I am trying so hard to get Audacity to open now. Have you, have you tried dumping it in, um, antifreeze? This is insane. I have not. I've considered getting a bucket of, like, hot water to throw you know like how people do over their windshields yeah and like it works great a few times until you crack your windshield yeah i've considered doing that with my computer too you know i figured if it works once or twice it's great yeah i mean ultimately like it tail as old as time i need a new computer and i know that yeah i just don't have the money welcome to why these episodes don't get finished quicker Oh, I mean, yeah, that's accurate too, isn't it? I, I kind of forgot that, like, you have um, it like totally freezes up on you when you're editing, right? If I if I edit anything that's like over an hour, it freezes when I'm editing. If I edit anything under an hour, it's not too bad, but it still kind of does. But like when I'm if it's over an hour, then like the freeze can be like five minutes. Oh my god, that's unreal. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm gonna judge the officials. I'm gonna judge all the judges. It's gonna take you people years to recover from all my opinions. Um, I apologize. I am still having sinus issues, so I am gonna try and keep my coughing to a minimal. I We're gonna do the best we can. I've eaten probably somewhere around 60 cough drops a day, it feels like. I uh, I finally have an appointment scheduled with an ENT. Nice. But it's not, but it's not until March. <laughs> it might just be better by then. I'm trying so hard to find someone who can get me in sooner. I'm going to talk to my PCP and see if they can, you know, refer me and, and help me get in somewhere sooner. Um, so someone can shove a camera up my nose and see what's going on, so... Well, that's always healthy. I mean, unlike us, I think by by a year from now, our listeners that don't exist will be used to us always being sick. But speaking of PCP, Jeff, we've been listening to a band, a band that probably has seen some PCP in their day. (laughs) The worst transition I think you could have ever possibly done. Holy hell! Um. No, Chris, actually. Okay, you know what? I'm going to let that segue go. But can I tell you what my planned segue was if you didn't have something better? Go ahead, because I don't. I was going to say, I was going to say, no, that was was better than anything I got. But it was just one of those, like, if we were trailing off in nowhere and not getting on topic, I was going to ask you, hey, Chris, what are you drinking right now? Oh, well, that's that's a pretty good one. I I want you to guess what I'm drinking right now. Are you ready? I want you to listen to this. No, wait, wait. We got to open the Fago together. I just did. Uh, well, I can open another can. I have a whole case here. Okay, well, I got six bottles. Um, I got. So, what are you drinking? First off, what, uh, well, what I mean, you drink? just said it. Um, well, I yes. got myself. I got myself a case of orange Fago. Okay. So I have a so, bottle uh, of orange. Maybe that's where I'll start. But I also got the root beer, the cream soda, and the red pop because that's what was available in the one liter bottles. Ah, okay. See, I just I literally just bought like a, like a. I got I got a case of cans. I'd like to I'd like to apologize to to miss to both Mister Violent and Dope. Um, <laughs> our our choices are limited out here. We not we're not from Detroit. 
Yeah, I actually, so I, I don't know, in my head, I actually always had a Fago pinned as, like, the cheap everyday brand that was everywhere. It didn't occur to me that, like, I actually don't see it in a lot of places. Did you have trouble, too? I mean, yeah. for, for you, it's right down the street at Shop and Save. But, so here's what I, what I realized. Oh, I didn't, go, go figure, I didn't even, that, that's the one place I actually didn't look. <laughs> here's the thing that I didn't realize, though. Is that it used to be at Sheets, but Sheets got their own soda now, so they stopped selling Fago. Oh no way! Because okay. I used to get, I used to when I was when I was broke after concerts, I used to settle for Moon Mist when I couldn't get Mountain Dew, and it's actually not bad. It's a fine replacement yeah. for Mountain Dew. But yeah, uh, when I was like, when I was like, oh man, I don't have five bucks for a Mountain Dew on the way home to Pennsylvania. I have to get the Moon Mist at a Sheets or something. That you can't do oh, it anymore. They they have their own brand of soda. Interesting. So okay. So as you've kind of alluded to, and as we've obviously made already bad jokes about, um, we're we're talking about ICP here. Jeff, do you remember when I had a simple back to our roots idea though of just listening to like one album that's considered classic by a band that we weren't very familiar with? And my example was the Great Malenko by ICP. Yes. And then like a month passed and we couldn't make our schedules work. And now I have Fago in a wine glass and you're wearing clown paint, a Sherlock Holmes hat. What's going on? <laughs> okay. So I don't think you understand how deep I dove into this. So again, like our plan here was we were going to go back to our roots. Our original attempt at making a music review podcast was we were listening to stuff we don't normally listen to. And I know we have both talked about the fact that we've heard a handful of ICP songs from early in their career that are actually not bad. Right. I know, like, Halls of Illusion was a song that, like, yeah, I know this. This is actually kind of cool. But I never really gave them a shot outside of that because I can't get around just how genuinely awful a lot of everything else they've ever done is. Right. That was my thought. So, yeah, you said, like, let's take, this is, the, this is like a fan-favorite album, we're going to listen to The Great Malenko and let's talk about it. Okay. So, fast forward to I'm listening to this album, and then the next thing I know, I am on the Juggalo subreddit, I joined a Juggalo Discord server, to ask people questions about this whole insane community and everything because it took me maybe 10 minutes of research before I realized that this rabbit hole is a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. In fact, oddly enough, to um, I was listening to an unrelated podcast. I was listening to one of the many projects by John Green. He has a podcast called The Anthro Anthropocene Reviewed. And he was doing a little episode talking about the Indianapolis 500. But he had a quote that just really summed this up. And he says, It's been my experience that almost everything easy to mock turns out to be interesting if you pay closer attention. And holy hell was that accurate jumping into this ICP poll. I did a lot more than just listen to one album. Did you, did you do... Any other listening, or was it mostly digging into the culture? Uh, it was, honestly, I did a lot of digging into the culture and just, like, talking to people. Because I just wanted to know a little bit about it. Because everyone's talking about how, like, this really is a group of people who treat themselves like a family. And I yeah. thought that was really interesting in and of itself. And, like, more so than I think any other fan base from, from what everyone was saying. And I wanted to see it. Right. 
So I did do a lot of listening. So you I got us our to... tickets for next year's Gathering of the Juggalos. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. So talking to um, a guy, I'm not going to like dox anybody here. I'm not going to give any usernames here, but we're just going to, I'm just going to call him like my juggalo, my, my juggalo dad. Do we have, do we have a juggalo screen name we can, we can have for him? Does he have like, no, his screen name probably sounds like it's probably an easy Google search. I don't oh, know if okay. he has other accounts or anything, so I don't want to really say it. Cause I don't, okay. I just, that just feels wrong to me. So, so you're um, talking to juggalo daddy there's, 69. Yeah. There's a guy, there's a guy who just like, he's in his mid forties. I'm guessing he was a you know he he's he's one of the guys who like they would call like one of the old heads right like he's a guy who's been part of the scene for decades. He remembers when those guys were the inner city posse. I don't remember if he knows that early on, but he was definitely there in like the early mid nineties. So, okay. so he just he's just someone on a Discord server I found who I would just like ping periodically asking him silly questions. Right, so he told me I needed to listen to the original six. Joker cards, which oh. is what they referred to their albums. <laughs> wow. So their albums, their albums are all you know they, they call them the Joker, the Joker cards, card. and they're all well, telling the stories. They're all little bits and pieces of the 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 dark carnival. So I se- did seven listen... of the first nine albums, I believe. Yes, yeah, and I did listen. To, well, so it's actually seven albums worth, and there's one of the album or one of the Joker cards is split in half. Yes. Um. So I did listen to those seven. <laughs> Jeff, I listened in, to the first ten RCP studio albums in their entirety. Yeah, I'll say so. I listened to those seven, and then a handful of, of select songs outside of that that I would okay. keep going back and forth into. So, well, I don't know about you. I think I think probably I could condense my thoughts on the music somewhat quickly. Can I you, actually was going to save that for the end because so can I. Okay. Do you want to get so it out of I. the way, or do you want to save it for the end? I feel like it should be saved for the end. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of thoughts leading up to how I came to this conclusion here. Okay. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world here. Um, so, okay, so, so so real quick, though, what was do – you, do you remember, like, your first exposure to ICP? Like, the first time that you heard about them or anything? Yes. Very, very much so, actually. I remember it very specifically. Okay. So I was in junior high. And enough people in the junior high, so we're talking 2001 to 2003 school year, right? I don't remember if I was in 7th or 8th grade, but at some point, there was a battle of the bands. The school realized enough people in the middle school, the junior high, were in bands, and they were just like, hey, let's do a battle of the bands thing, right? Yeah. The one group, and I don't know who their names were, I have no clue who this kid was, but it was a kid in the middle school who was like an amateur DJ, and I don't know if it was, like, his brother or two friends or whatever, but they had two guys who were in high school, because he had to, like, get permission to let them be a part of this, who were a rap duo. And they did chicken hunting. <laughs> and I was furious at how unbearably fucking stupid this song is like 12 or 13 year old me could not believe the fact that this is a song that somebody wrote and yet somebody also deemed worth covering (laughs) i think i felt the same way about them in high school i remember the first time i I heard about them it was in that 
do you remember in 2000 they were it was somewhat covered uh, when ICP and Eminem were having their feud and ICP brought up the blow up Eminem doll on stage? No, see, I knew nothing about this. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I actually remember the coverage of that being on TV when I was like ten. Me and my friends were watching something. I was like, "What the fuck are these clown people uh, messing with Eminem?" Who was very cool at the time. Everyone loved Eminem in two thousand, and um, then I don't think I thought of them much until, uh, like you said, junior high. Uh, one of my friends who was. Uh, a big juggalo, I guess. Uh, we were both in detention. Um, and he was explaining the Joker card stuff to me. And he showed me chicken hunting and explained that chicken meant redneck. And I think I did a lot of smiling and nodding that day. Okay, so you already knew a lot more than I did. Like, learning the whole, like... But, yeah, before I had a note of music, I had my friend uh, uh, who was showing me... Not showing me, but telling me all about the um, the, the Joker cards and, and their meaning and all yeah. that stuff. Okay, so so you so you went into this already knowing that there was, like, a lore behind ICP. Yeah, I, I knew a little bit about the lore before I heard a note. So I... No, see, I didn't. See, I knew nothing about this. I knew the song Chicken Hunting, which I just thought was unbearably stupid... I was in high school when I first heard the song Homies. Where I was like, this is not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's not a song I ever put on myself. It's a song that, like, if I was with friends and it was on in the car, I wasn't totally bothered by it, but it wasn't great. It was just a thing that exists. Um, And then, honestly, I didn't think of ICP until Miracles came out, and that became memefied because, I mean, you know, because magnets and whatnot. I was about to say, yeah, and that's, and I tried to, with everything I did, I tried to stop before Miracles, before they really went into, um, you know, legendary meme status, and I don't know much beyond that besides Chris Benoit, and maybe that can be another adventure later, but yeah, I, I cut it off before we hit Miracles. Okay, okay. All right, so I don't really know where to start. I feel like we need to just give, like, a quick overview here, though, of, of something going on here. The whole premise of ICP that I discovered, because, I, again, I was not aware of any of this. They, at least this first, what they call the first deck, right? The first Joker cards. It's a bunch of albums that are all based on concepts. And this whole... Yeah, each one's a concept sto- album. This whole story is based on a dream that Violent J had of this dark carnival it's this dark grotesque you know picture a carnival but it's like i'm in my head i almost get that like dark cabaret steampunky vibe out of what they're describing here yeah basically the dark carnival is purgatory you die you go to the dark carnival and that is where you are judged based on what your life was like and what kind of person you were and that decides where you go after the carnival. Right. Which is just ridiculous to me, and I kind of love it. So, And it, changing their name to ICP, they actually, before that, were they, like I said, they were the inner city posse. And yes. when he had this dream, they found a way to, because they were kicking around other ideas they could use the initials ICP for. Because at the time, they were basically just doing whatever NWA was doing. They wanted to find their own sound, and this was their first step that they took, was to change their name and their image to something that was a little bit more uh, unique, creative, laughable in some cases to some people. 
Which I also think is funny because apparently this wasn't actually wholly unique. Um, this was a, a not that like it was a huge scene, but this was a small thing in Detroit. They were not the first of these like dark imagery rap groups in the area. They were, were they fitting the first into to paint a scene. Not necessarily clowns, but there were other rappers who were doing this, like, you know, now we're going to call it, like, horrorcore or whatever, right? There were other rappers in the area who were doing this same kind of thing. It it, it really was like a scene. Um, One's name is Esham, is, is the big guy who I know of, who I guess is, like, really the father of this style. That's a name I've heard. Yeah, so apparently he's, like, the father of this, of this like, dark style rapping that was that was a, a scene in Detroit and we're talking late 80s early 90s but okay so just quick quick rundown uh the important albums that I was told about and just like what they are in the context of of the dark carnival album called carnival of carnage which is just like a description of what the dark carnival is it is the carnival of carnage it is where you go as you're waiting to be judged these are all descriptions from uh, from Juggalo Daddy, by the way. I'm gonna, I'll give you the um, I'll give you the Juggalopedia definitions here. Oh, see, I was go. Uh, see, I, I hold on. Uh, you can go ahead and say. I was gonna say I wanted to go with somebody who's part of the scenes understanding of things, right? Because I just thought that was just like kind of a fun and interesting way to approach this. No, I'm cool with that. I I think that, but I just am here to uh, add to that knowledge that you're given. Yeah. Uh, it, it like represents the ghettos and and um it's supposed to be uh i believe realizing that you know or at least speaking out to people about the things that are going on in the ghettos that the middle class and upper class aren't aren't privy to yes and the violence and all that kind of stuff that's yes. going on in the inner cities and the the punishment and brutality is based toward is is focused towards those who ignore as they said the inner cities cries for help yes we'll get back into that cuz the whole inner city what other people aren't privy to thing is like a whole thing for for it's, the this entire like movement it's really interesting. i was gonna say the whole thing the whole thing is based on two things and that's kind of one of them yeah so then we have the ringmaster who's obviously he's the one who's in charge of the carnival um i guess there is some debate over juggalos whether everyone's ringmaster is like a different entity or if there really is just one ringmaster Okay. But he is, as it was described to me, kind of like thinking about Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol. Fitting, considering the fact that this is recorded right around Christmas. Yeah. Um, so think of Jacob Marley, how Jacob Marley has the chains all around him. Mm -hmm. And the chains are made up of, you know, like of the sins. evils he's done, right? So yeah. the ringmaster is created by your sins. And that's why there's this idea that, like, everyone's ringmaster is different because it's created by who... Like, by who you are. You create your ringmaster. He is one of the judges who will decide where you go after the carnival. That nails it, yes. Um, so then you have Riddlebox. Which, I mean, if you kind of have this idea of, like, a circus carnival thing, you're probably picturing a jack-in-the-box, which is kind of the generally accepted idea. The Riddlebox is basically your soul goes into this room with the jack-in-the-box on it. The jack-in-the-box has a big question mark, and you turn the handle, and 
when the song plays, you know, pop goes the weasel, right? And it pops out. You are either greeted with images of God or the box opens up and you are engulfed in fog and you are surrounded by images and visions of hell. And then the floor drops below you and you fall to hell. That is like how you are judged, which is ridiculous. And I love it. I just want to point out, like, I mean, this is a creative idea, whether you like it or not. It's very cool. Like this, like I could absolutely see, I mean, take ICP out of the situation. I could absolutely see like a Netflix original series based on Limbo being a dark carnival. Or or like a fantasy book. Like I can see this being like a thing. It's actually a really fun idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So next we have the album that we started with that we were supposed to listen to only the great Malenko and the great Malenko is a necromancer. He is the symbol of basically all that is bad in people. He's kind of like the way a lot of people understand what the devil is or like a demon is. He's not here like he's not up here with whips and chains. He's here trying to manipulate you. He is yeah. the voice in your head telling you to do the horrible things that some people give into and it is our job as people to learn to ignore the great Malenko. And he's also an illusionist that tries to tempt or, or yes, force yeah. people into becoming greedy and, and evil. He'll also use tricks. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think, God, what a, what a cool character too. Like, I mean, just what a, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to try and dive super into like all the, religious, obvious religious symbolism and whatnot here. I'm not going to try and, like, mock any religion here, but, like, just going to throw this out there. A, like, evil jester is probably the coolest image for some, like, the idea of, like, committing sin to me. Like, what an awesome concept is he's this evil jester who is trying to trick people into being bad people. That is so much more interesting than a red dude with horns and a trident. I'm sorry. Just throwing that it's out It's very there. cool. It's very cool. And as I alluded to earlier, there's two things uh, kind of going through this whole set of Joker cards thing. And if you haven't picked it up already, there it is. The, the, these are, in a sense, religious albums. Yes. Yeah. And then before the sixth Joker card, they put out two albums called Bizarre and Bizarre, one with two A's, one with two Z's, and then they go on to the sixth Joker card, which, go ahead, Jeff. Well, are we on the Amazing Jekyll Brothers? Oh, we skipped Jekyll. I, I was going to say, Jekyll. I think you skipped. Oh, I, I'm yeah, getting you, I was gonna punished. Say, yeah, you skipped somebody. So there's the Amazing Jekyll Brothers, which I'm going to be 100% honest with you, is the album I listen to the least and also the concept I'm understanding the least of. No matter how many descriptions I read of this, I don't really get it. Something about they are like the nine layers of hell, and it's just more symbolism for all the evil men do, and they juggle all the horrible things people do, or something. I'm not following who these characters are. So, Alright, so I'm going to read this to you because I also am not... I don't think this gives me a firm, any firmer of a grasp than that. But uh, the Jekyll brothers, Jack the Sinister and Jake the Just, okay? They emerge from the smoke and determine the fates of the dead. They juggle pulsating blood cover balls representing the mortal life of the dead. And for every sin committed, another ball is added. Jack throws Jake curves in an attempt to see a ball drop. And if a soul witnesses Jack drop one of the balls, he will be damned to hell. Souls who Jake successfully complete the act, send to heaven. Okay, um... 
let me tell you how little that really helps me. <laughs> I'm confused because don't we already have the riddle box to decide? That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like this this felt redundant to me. Um, I'm not yeah. going to get super wrapped up in it or, or worked oh, oh. up over it, but I, I'm sorry. He feels I'm redundant sorry. to me, or they. Feel I missed. To me. I missed an important line. I missed an important line. Okay. Uh, it does say it focuses on the 19 circles of hell and the mortality of man, but it focuses on if he's about equally torn between righteousness and evil. So I guess if the if you are too split down the middle for the for the riddle box to decide, you go to Jack and Jake Jekyll. Okay. All right. That's I. Okay. That is not something I've heard before. Interesting. And then and then you watch their juggling act, and if you see him succeed, the juggling act, you go to heaven. If you see him fail, you go to hell. Okay, but the riddle box already does that, so I'm not. But well, I'm guess I guess they're saying that if you are just about equally split between good and yeah. evil deeds, then then it then it gets left up to chance. Yeah, that I mean that makes sense. It's it's interesting. But one of them is trying to fuck with the chance. Is trying to you know skew you towards hell. Yeah, and I guess that's their way of saying you know you have a better chance of ending up in hell if you don't do the right thing all the time. Okay, I mean either way, I I have heard from people that they love this album, but again, I'll be honest, like this is not. I don't have. This is not an album I spent much time with. It didn't really pull me in any real direction. Um, now I'll get to how I feel about the albums. And then we're going to get to the last of the Joker cards, which is The Wraith, which was split into two albums. And it's pretty descriptive. It's, or it's pretty blunt. It's Shangri-La and Hell's Pit. So Shangri-La, first off, I was unaware ICP used this phrase, and I think it's so cool because other... Like, yeah. the... So here's a really stupid thing. And this is possibly still on there. It is, I believe, on Facebook, my location. I don't know if I've ever fixed it, because for the longest time I had it set to Shangri-La, which is a city in Alabama. But I my I heard of Shangri-La from the band Mother Love Bone. They have a song called This Is Shangri-La. Either way, Shangri-La is It's a Buddhist thing, right? It's, yeah, it's really? a fiction it's a fictional place in in the Kunlun Mountains, I think is how you're supposed to pronounce this word. Um, okay. I mean, it's really from, uh, there's a there's a, a book called Lost Horizon by James Hilton, where he, like, describes it as this, like, beautiful, mystical valley place. Basically, most people use the phrase as just, like, another word for a utopia or a paradise yeah. or heaven or whatever. Um, I believe ICP are basically using the phrase to refer to a heaven of some sort. And then Hell's Pit is obviously, like, hell. I don't really, there's no, there's yeah. not a whole lot of ambiguity here. It's kind of in the name. So, I mean, this was a weird, a weird rabbit hole to go into because I didn't really expect a whole lot coming out of this. Um, but before we dig into anything else, because I want to bring back up, we've talked, we, we, we mentioned briefly that this is, um geared towards, like, inner-city poor. Right. Can I read this quote from Wired Magazine, some article from 2010? Yeah. Quote, Despite a sizable population of female fans, dubbed Juggalettes, ICP's following is made up mostly of young white men from working-class backgrounds. They tend to feel that they've been misunderstood outsiders their whole lives, whether for being overweight looking weird, being poor, or even for just liking ICP in the first place. It's a world where man boobs are on proud display, where long hairs and pink hairs mingle, where nobody makes fun of the fat kid toweling off. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> this I mean, was so... 
such a good description until he started talking about man boobs. I but like genuinely I kind of liked the description of just like this really does seem to be and again, more than any artist's fan base I've ever seen. This is a community. I mean, it very really is. It's really it's very impressive. it's very interesting the way the writer of that went on to like say that this is like a community where everyone is like treated, you know, with some level of respect and then goes on to just absolutely diss the fans. Right? Just absolutely prove the band's point. That's and yeah. like realistically basically shit on poor people who can't afford to look any better. Yeah. I I I love the irony. <laughs> what the fuck? But it really does seem to be a community of people who feel disenfranchised without being a group of people who are typically understood to be disenfranchised it is predominantly yeah. white and but it's but it's it's the white people who are not getting the privilege of being white people you know these are the white people you know um to quote steve earl in the song copperhead road you know i've done two i did two shares of duty in vietnam right do you know this do you know the song copperhead road no okay so copperhead road is a song guys grandfather and dad are are moonshiners and he does time in vietnam and comes home and with a i come home with a brand new plan grow seed from colombia and mexico whatever you get the point he becomes the next generation of maybe not moonshining but doing some other illegal dealings of a substance but there is one line in the song that took me years to even understand because he has a real thick accent which is they draft the white trash first around here anyway. Okay. And he's kind of poking fun of himself because he is definitely like a white trash looking kind of guy. And that is a lot of who ICP's fan base is. Yeah. These are, again, these are not people who are benefiting from being white. These are the disenfranchised poor inner city white guys. And and to that note... um, not just you know not just poor and white but poor inner city because they have a lot of anti-racist messages yeah i was gonna say so that's another they have thing. a lot and of really... anti-south they have a lot and for their time i would say almost progressively 1992 1994 a lot of anti-confederate flag stuff Yeah, I will say, again, so going back to Chicken Hutton, my, my introduction to the song was Chicken Hutton, and I was 12 or 13. I took it a little too literally. I was not aware how much they used this imagery poking fun at the racist, redneck-type people. This is a crowd who, even though it is predominantly white, they are very seriously anti-racist. Yeah. These are, this is a community of people who want the best for everybody, and they just happen to try and reach people with this goofy, dark, grotesque imagery. But I realize now a lot of it, it's not meant to be serious. There's a lot of, there's a lot of gore in these lyrics. Right. There's a lot of heavy language in these lyrics. And it's all supposed to be, like, tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, again, until this endeavor. I didn't realize how not serious a lot of this was. Right. This is the equivalent of, like, a B-horror movie. And and all the people that they're, you know, air quotes killing, they're, they're you know, stating sins while they do it, you know? Yes. One yeah. Of, one of, it's super bizarre. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the ones that, like, kind of caught my attention early on straying from Great Malenko 
was a song called Mr. Johnson's Head. Uh, I don't know if you came. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, mean, I was just saying, yeah. I, you had to have come across it. You listened to all six yeah. Joker cards. Uh, yes. But a song where he not only, it starts off like about him like daydreaming about like another girl in class and stuff. But you quickly find that he has his teacher's severed head in his backpack. And the reason he cut his head off is because he displayed a rebel flag in class and tried to like teach good things about Christopher Columbus. And he's just like going off about like fuck George Washington for having slaves. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know what to say. It, uh, I was genuinely surprised by <laughs> in 1994. Those are yeah statements. I think yeah, it's really it's really kind of impressive. Um. Or, I mean, again, so, like, um, off the album Great Malenko is a song called Piggy Pie, which, Piggy first Pie. off, has Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols playing guitar on it, which is pretty damn cool in and of itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, the song Piggy Pie is another one of their, like, anti-redneck anthems. I talked to a lot of people. This is, like, this is their song. Like, this is their number one song. They would blare it in the streets if they could. And I've talked to a handful of people who, every time they hear this song, they're like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of, like, my father, who I haven't spoken to in 15 years. Like, mm -hmm. I left my family because he was this kind of person. Okay. And this is the song. It's like, holy shit, I was not expecting any serious emotions to come out of a song called Piggy Pie. <laughs> like, I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not ready. I was not ready. I don't. I, I don't think either of us were ready for the undertaking that we that we embarked on. No, it's... I was expecting this to be pure stupidity. No. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I just I just felt like I kept learning something every time I would like every time I would look up something I would learn something else in the and the hole would just go deeper. Yeah, I, I really I really did. So, I mean, we're obviously not able to dig into literally everything because, again, I mean, we we planned on doing this recording like six weeks ago or whatever. Um, there's way too much to cover, but I do think we should. Would you like to actually dive into the music a little bit now? But honestly, I, I think I think I can give most of the music kind of one overarching review. Um, I, I mean, I... If you haven't picked it up by now, I hate to admit it, but I don't hate their music as much as I expected to. Uh, I don't think I enjoyed it enough for them to legally put Juggalo as a disability on my driver's license. But I did enjoy it <laughs> enough that I am actively concerned about my own mental health. Okay. So, like, starting with just the, just the music, first off, I have to give credit where it's due. I like a lot of their beats. The first two albums are a little bit too 90s rap for me. But once they start... Like putting in some horrorcore and some metal and other influences on the third album, uh, uh, Puzzle Box, Riddle Box, Riddle Box, yes, Riddle Box. Uh, I think they like really start coming into their own. They use the carnival motifs like creatively, but they don't like beat you over the head with it. Um, and I think when they want to, they can write a really good earworm of a chorus. Yeah, they can. There's there's some really really cool moments in some of these. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So def. Okay. So just real quick, like by Riddlebox, and then they really nailed this in on on the Great Malenko. Yeah. They were really digging into the rap rock thing, and I don't think you can do it much better in the early mid '90s than. Okay, so like the Great Malenko has an introduction track by Alice Cooper. 
Steve Jones plays guitar on a track. Slash plays guitar on Hall of Illusions. Like, they were, they knew what they were doing. They were nailing in on, 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 on a certain style. And even on Riddlebox, they had the sense to know, like, Chicken Hunting is a big hit, but they remixed it on the album to just give it more of that edge that they were going for. They took one of their yeah. you know, key songs and added more to, more layers to it. And and the song that I brought up also earlier, um, Mr. Johnson's Head has a remix on the deluxe edition of Great Malenko that also adds more heavy aspects to the song. Yeah, I will say and I thought this was I thought this was I thought this was an interesting thing. Um oh, I forget what they call it. No, I can't find my note here. Piggy Pie has what they call what is it called? The old school version. Oh, there's a specific recording of it. There's like two versions of it, right? There's yeah. there's like the heavier redone and then there's I forget what they call the way they did it originally. And I think it was kind of fun because I, I got to witness a few um, arguments of people over over which recording was better. <laughs> uh, okay, Piggy Pie old school mix. I think is what old school mix. That's yeah. the word, okay. That's the word I was looking for. I was I forgot what they, if they what what phrase they yeah. used. Yeah, I that that just made me laugh. That just made me happy that I was able to witness a few arguments over over. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. at their at their best, they can write some really good horror rap. Um, I think most of the time what will kill for me if something does is that their lyrics can be very cringe and unfunny and they end up dragging my opinion of the music down. One other thing that's just like this is kind of a sidebar for me is they also do a lot of skits on some of these albums, which is just something that's common yeah. in rap that I kind of don't get. Yeah, I yeah, think sometimes, I can see that. Sometimes it's used to set up a song and it's used effectively, but, other, but sometimes it's nothing to do with what's going on around it, and I'm just like, why? But, um... Why? I don't know. There's the first two albums, like I said, kind of skippable, a little too '90s rap for me. There's plenty of stuff that sounds that does that same thing, but better. Uh, but starting with Riddlebox and Malenko, I think things are you know pretty good. Um, you said you weren't into Jekyll Brothers, and it's kind of fifty-fifty for me. I think it kind of picks up on the second half of the album. I'm actually literally looking back at the track list again and seeing like which of these songs even stood out to me much. Yeah, I, it just I think of everything I listened to. This just was the least interesting there's nothing wrong with it but it's just i mean this isn't it's just not it wasn't my thing if i'm gonna if i'm gonna if i'm gonna make a pick from it um i kind of like uh terrible um which is a song in which they kind of to use the the kids phrase clap back at their detractors and it's full of stuff that's like yes it does start with motherfucker doesn't it Um, but other than that, uh, they talk about, like, all the things that are going on in the world and you're calling their music terrible. They bring up Nancy Kerrigan at the time. Um, yeah. they, they bring up Michael Jackson. They bring up OJ Simpson and everyone's, you know, talking about that while, while Oklahoma's being bombed and you don't have anything better than to, like, call us, like, everything that's going on in the, everything wrong with what's going on in the world. And, and then... Um, on the second verse, like Shaggy Two Dope goes on to say, uh, you know, the whole world was crying when Kurt Cobain went bang. When Easy E died, it wasn't no thing. Rapper dies of AIDS, but you hardly mention Rocker blows his face off and he becomes a legend. And then he goes on to say, maybe I should do that shit so Jay can get paid. Not, I mean, not gonna lie, that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty brilliant 
statement, actually. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate how much they're just, like, they did not care. They were not afraid to just call shit out. Yeah. So uh, that was a song that when I, when I really, like, honed in on the lyrics, I was like, I respect this one, if nothing else, on this album. I don't know, did you, did you, how much did you read into, um, like, early in their career, how much, like, self-promotion and stuff they were doing? Oh, I mean, that's a, that's there a whole, is, that's a whole other Pandora's box. They were, they, 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 yeah. they did so much self-promotion and they did so much work. And that's something that I bring up later in my notes is I, I respect the hell out of their hustle. Yeah. Everything that they did, they didn't ha- they did, I mean, they've done so much outside of music and they haven't has- half-assed any of it. Yeah, so I'm just gonna to like sum up like the, the the way they started off. So like we're talking late '80s, early '90s. So like we're, there wasn't there weren't image there weren't um, internet boards or anything you could do. They were hanging posters basically, right? Yeah. And then they got enough money to buy a van so they could hang more banners and posters up in a wider area. And like this is like these guys were just like no 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 we're gonna do this and we're gonna like this is our job. Here we go. And, like, there is no doubt in my mind these guys were pulling 70, 80-hour weeks for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible, actually, just just how much work they did. Um, apparently, and I have not been able to find a copy, but I actually really want to read it. Violent J wrote a book called, is it called Behind the Paint? Behind the Paint. Yeah, it's named after I really a song want to read it. I, Bizarre. I, 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 I heard a few quotes from it, and I really want to read it just because apparently he spends a long time talking about I have, um, what they did to get their career started. I have the audio uh, book very in cool. another window if you want me to send it to you. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I can just uh, send that, pop oh. that to you right off of YouTube. Are you kidding me? I could, I didn't even think to look for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like super illegally uploaded on, on YouTube, oh, and they actually... They actually, the guy has the has Violent J's like audiobook readover as they post like screenshots from the book. So oh, you, you can actually my see God. he had to have done it ten years later because his numbers <clears throat> are different. Because like when it says twenty, when he they died fifteen years ago, he says twenty five. So he had to have like done that. But gotcha! Wow, crazy. Yeah, but um, I did not even think to look at that. I just looked for the book. And it's very expensive. It's very, it's very interesting. Did you have you heard in your travels the butterfly story? I was gonna say actually, I think the butterfly story was probably one of my favorite things I I read in this entire ordeal. Do you want to tell the cute little butterfly story? So when uh, little little Jay, when little violent, so violent, uh, was probably less violent because he was a child. He and his brother captured a butterfly in, in, in a jar as children who you know have yards do right and they just wanted to like keep it and they're gonna keep it overnight and then set it free the next day and then he woke up the next morning and it was dead and i guess every album now in like the liner notes is dedicated to the butterfly and well and, what and he they said reference when... the and they reference the butterfly frequently well and he said that um that morning when he and his brother saw it, they like made a pact that like to never hurt anything for selfish yeah. reasons again. Cause they realized that they just like, they just killed something just cause they thought it was kind of pretty. Yeah. I, I love that. Oh my yeah. God. I love that. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about violent J being a cool person, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he not the one who did a video with his daughter basically saying like, yeah, my daughter's a furry and here's why I support her. Yeah, I think so. 
I couldn't find the video again. Because naturally, find it, like looking up Violent J Furry was finding a lot of other stuff. That's not what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> Violent J from ICP supports his furry daughter. Do- there it is, yeah. From the fader in 2018. I was say it was only a handful of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that, I just remember seeing that and thinking like, can "All right, we, their music sucks," but like he's a cool dude. Apparently, at least can I, we, I can, can appreciate we acknowledge that. that he named his daughter Ruby Bruce Lee. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but okay, yeah, he sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he he genuinely does, and I, I appreciate a lot of what I, I also, appreciate a lot of that. I also really appreciate the time when um, they. Oh, one of the parent groups tried to brand them as a gang, so they marched on Washington. Okay, Do you remember so that? no. Okay, so fun, so fun, 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 fun story. The fun. FBI, the FBI, FBI released. I mean, the document is something like two hundred and thirty pages long about yeah. the insane clown posse being a gang. Now, here's the thing: even this document acknowledges the fact that only between I think it's seven and fifteen percent of people who deem themselves who like describe themselves as juggalos are are considered to be in this gang like even the fbi acknowledges there's essentially two groups of people who refer to themselves as juggalos there's the community juggalos and then there's people who use the imagery but are other like they're basically gang members who happen to enjoy the music okay and they use the hatchet man symbol and, and shit like that but even in these papers, it is acknowledged that this is not most people who are ICP fans. Did do you think that that? Well, I guess, I guess there really is a gang then in that case. But yes, do you think part part of that also goes back to like, I guess back in the inner city posse days, they actually like rolled with a gang. There was there was some gang affiliation. Yes. Okay. Um, I think my understanding. I think it really comes down to the fact that there were some pretty legitimate crimes that were done by people who left ICP related symbolism. Okay. You know, like they would leave like a hatchet man symbol or something like that at the scene doing actual legitimate crimes. Well, you kill a guy, you want to leave him a copy of great Malenko so they know what's coming up. Yeah, exactly. Like you gotta, you gotta let him know that he might, he might not make it to Shangri-La. Yeah. You gotta let him know what he missed out on. I don't know, just go back to the music for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So after that came Bizarre and Bizarre and um, Shangri-La, and I would say those two albums have some of my favorite songs but are overall the worst for me. Okay. Uh, and Hell's Pit, shout out to that album for like bringing my interest back because it's consistently front to back one of my favorites. Wait, Hell's Pit is one of your favorites? Is that what you just said? Yeah, Hell's, Pits is, Hell's Pit okay. is one of my favorites. Okay. I can, I can, I can see that. Um, any, like, what, what stands out? Like, what's a standout track to you? Oh, uh, um, um, how the hell am I supposed to go to heaven when In My Room is so damn good? <laughs> you only exist in the dark of my room. Love. I can't ignore you. In my room. Do anything for you. Tap, tap, love. I do adore you. In my room. Tap, tap, on my Love. I can't ignore you. In my room. Do anything for you. Tap, tap, love. I do adore you. In my room. Tap, tap, on my I try to smile a lot, but I'm always fine. Love a ghost, and at least that's something. She don't talk much when she do it gets cold. Usually we just lay there when we hold each other. We're lovers. We well said. But, okay, so Shangri-La, I mean, just doesn't... 
I really appreciate that the last song in Shangri-La is called Die Unveiling, and it's basically them saying all of this shit represented Christianity and, like, literal God and Satan. And honestly, if that disappoints you, we don't give a shit because it doesn't change any of the shit we wrote or said because that's what yeah. it's been about all along. I so, super, so the actual... I super respect that. Having okay, so said the, that, yeah. most the, of the I mean, rest of the album... Oh, okay. Can I, can I say, like, the actual line, because I think it's really I think it's really interesting. I think it's really funny. I kind of love yeah. this. <laughs> Like the un like in in the song Thy Unveiling, like the part that I think people really talk about, like this was the unveiling, right? It ain't about Violent J or Shaggy, the Butterfly or Seventeen. When we speak of Shangri La, what you think we mean? Truth is, we follow God. We've always been behind Him. The Carnival is God, and may all juggalos find Him. In the song, wraps up, getting into. The song wraps up, sorry, this kills me, with the line, fuck off, goodbye. <laughs> Having said that, most of the rest of the album is them trying to be funny, which I think is one of their weakest, uh, yeah, one of the weakest parts of their, their discography is like their funny songs. Um, because most of the time it's just Violent J rapping about fucking your mother or whatever. Yeah. We, we, I know probably, in addition, well, I also want to point out that, um, if, if anyone listening to this is concerned that they're going to get preached at, they have kind of, I don't want to say doubled back, but like, Violent J has come out and said, like, I don't go to church. This isn't about being like a practicing Catholic or something like that, but I believe in some kind of higher power, and that's all I was trying to get across. Like, you yeah, have to decide yeah. for yourself what that higher power is or what you believe in. But the point of it is just to be a good person because you will go to a better place, whatever you believe yeah. that is. They're not blatantly Christian. Right. If you listen if you listen to their depiction of heaven, there's a lot of floppy titties. Yeah. Yeah, there are. And a lot of juggalo water, uh, fago water slides. Yeah. It's, it's very campy. Yes, but um, having said that, I think I think I can kind of put ICP songs into like one of four categories, which would be surprisingly good. Uh, songs that justify the perception that they are the worst band ever, almost surprisingly good, and forgettable but fine. Okay. If we're talking about the Great Malenko, I'm putting Hall of Illusions and Under the Moon. Because we're both under the if you're not familiar with Under the Moon, it's a song that tells the story of a kid who was like an outcast at school. He goes to jail for murdering a, a guy who tries to rape the only girl who was nice to him. After the trial, she says she loves him and he goes insane waiting for her to visit. And then there's songs that justify to me the perception they're the worst band ever. Songs that I struggled through and never want to listen to again. The Knitting Game, which is just a dating game parody where they just kind of try to outcrude each other and it's not especially funny. Yeah. Um, almost surprisingly good, which would be, I kind of referenced it, but Pass Me By, where I like the beat, I like the chorus, I like that it adds the depth. It's a, it's a song where Violent J is depicting, or is it, maybe it's Shaggy. One of them is depicting their depiction of heaven, but they start getting into, like, floppy tits and, like, really goofy fago water slides and shit. 
And then Forgettably Fine is probably what I'd call most of the rest of the album. All right. That's my review of Great Malenko specifically. Okay. 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 I can get that. Um, I mean, there's, and there's like Forgettably Fine. Like when I say that, it's like out, out of nowhere, Boogie Woogie Woo is a fine song that I remember liking when it was playing, but uh, like an hour after I turned it off, I couldn't tell you how it goes or what it's about. Yeah, it's about the okay. Man now that I look at it, and I remember the song now that I look at it. But it's I, I'm I'm not thinking about it all the time. But like without a refresher, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. I'm not thinking out. about the same way I'm thinking of Hall of Illusions. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, I I, I think I was so actually like the standout track to me is Hocus Pocus. Another even good one. if even if only for Skip Shaggy's beginning stupidity that he yells in the first like ten seconds. Yeah. The beginning of Violent J's, like, first verse, I think, is just one of the coolest intros. I love his voice, the way he yells abracadabra. Abracadabra, boom, shakadabra. It's just so, so ridiculously cool to me. I kind of like, though, when Shaggy does that, like, voice-shredding scream, though. I mean, I don't necessarily love the line, <sighs> serial slaughtering stranglers, juggling, juggling gigolos, or whatever, but, like... Yeah. I, I kind of think that when he, when he does that scream, it's kind of cool. Even though he's probably fucking ruining his voice. <laughs> I think I think it sounds cool. Yeah. I can't get over the words. Just being incredibly lame. Well, I just mean throughout the discography, that was one thing. Yeah. I was like, this sounds cool when he does it. Keep your hunky mouth shut, because I'm living it up. It does. It absolutely does. Um, Chris, I can, I can, I can sum up everything here pretty quickly, though. Okay. The rabbit hole that is ICP is very deep, and despite my time talking to people who have been part of this community for a long time, I feel like I have barely even scratched the surface. I have also gotten to go back in Discord servers and read conversations of just people and how much these people genuinely are trying to help each other and how much they are trying to help other people. I read Reddit posts of people starting, um, like raising money to buy Christmas gifts for people who don't have money to buy gifts for their kids. This genuinely is such a cool community of people who are disenfranchised for whatever other reason and they found a common ground in goofy campy music and imagery and it means something to them and they're all together and Chris the music is fucking awful <laughs> you're not a fan it's so fucking bad with a few exceptions it okay. is un bearable okay it is so tacky the, it is like to use the kids words it is so cringe yeah it is i believe i've used that word several times by now it is embarrassing 
with yeah. very few exceptions. Even the songs that I mostly like have parts that just make me want to like rip my ears off. It <laughs> I is can agree with that. so horrible. <laughs> I can actually agree the, with the, that. Like even understanding all of this, I can still I still hear the music and my mentality goes back to yeah, no, this is a music for like white trash morons. <laughs> and then, like, I have to remind myself about how awesome the community of people is because it is unbearable. Those are my thoughts. I will probably never listen to any of this again aside from maybe the songs Hocus Pocus and, like, The Hall of Illusion was cool. Yeah. And I will probably never listen to anything else. What about Tilda World? Again. Did you like Tilda World? Hey, you go, sir, have a seat. You got to taste this right. It's neat. Tell you now to ride as fast. Might want me to hold your cash. We gonna spin until your soul leaves your body dead and cold. Chilled your whirly spraying blood all over the neighborhood. <laughs> May, I mean, may, yeah, there, there's probably a handful of exceptions that I'm not going to be mad if someone else puts on. Um, however, if someone ever puts on the song Redneck Ho, I will have to strangle them. I do have a 10-song that... playlist called ICP Songs I Can Almost Stand By. I can appreciate that. Uh, it's Tilda Whirl, Under the Moon, In My Room, Hall of Illusions, uh, Terrible, Let's Go All the Way, Juggalo Homies, a few others. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um no, Chris, it's awful. It's awful? You think it's, it's absolutely terrible? Awful. It's it's absolutely awful. It is it is some of it is genuinely some of the worst music I have ever heard. Do you wanna do you wanna get back into other things before you get angry? Um no, I actually I have summed up my thoughts here. I am oh. happy. Okay. So I would like you to 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 do whatever it is you need to do because I really have no need to dig any further into specifics. Oh man! Other I, than this is awful music, and I, I got a shovel and I it. punished myself for every day that we didn't record. I punished myself with more ICP knowledge. I want you to know that. Good, I'm I glad. Did, I did this for you. I pulled <clears throat> myself up on this cross. ICP have two movies, and I watched them both. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. I, I can tell you about Big Money Hustlers and Big Money Rustlers. Okay, you know what? Not gonna lie, maybe we should actually make a thing of that, and I will watch them, and then we can talk about those another time. They both—I'll say this—they both have um, friends having fun vibes. If you if you like a trauma film, you might like them. But I want to point out this is a weird side side thing that I just want to talk about for a second. It has nothing yeah. to do with anything about big money hustlers. It was directed by John Cafiro. Uh, I'm pronouncing his name name that way because I have no other source. Um, okay, he, but from here on out, I'm going to refer to him as Jerry Only's weird friend. Um, oh, seriously? The, mis the Misfits have a cameo in Big Money Hustlers, and um, <laughs> apparently, apparently Jerry Only, uh, the basis for the Misfits, stayed for all of the filming despite only having like seconds of screen time. And apparently, his kid has like a cameo. He plays like an altar boy at the beginning of the movie. But I challenge you to find a work with this John Cafiro guy's name on it that isn't just like weirdly oh jerry only project because he got his break directing the music videos to american psycho and dig up her bones and the only thing he's directed after this movie was a documentary about the ramones based on footage from marky ramone while he was in the band the misfits with jerry 
The only other thing this man is known for is being in a super group with Marky Ramon and Jerry Only. He's That's Jerry weird. Only's weird friend. That's when, just weird. <laughs> and 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 when when Violent J went to make the second movie, he said he wanted to get away from the asshole art film people who worked on Big Money Hustlers, and I just really hope he met Jerry Only's weird friend. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one other thing, one other thing that I have a quick, uh, a quick, like, set of thoughts on, because this is something I know that you'll check out on and I'll never have a chance to talk about again. Okay. But it's something that I'm a fan of, um, and you might know where I'm going, but ICP have their hand pretty firmly in wrestling history as well. Yes, they were wrestlers before they were rappers, apparently. I or maybe early they, in their career they were trying to be. I was going to say, I think that they got some wrestling training, but they have, in the 90s, they appeared in all three major wrestling companies and still have like been in most wrestling companies to this day at some point. Even just really? a match or a couple appearances. So in ECW, they started off doing a live performance, and then they were attacked by, I'm not going to confirm, but I think it was uh, Sabu, and I know one was Rob Van Dam. Because Violent J says Rob Van Dam kicked him in the head in such a way that left him deaf for a little while. If you'd like to make a joke about at least he couldn't hear his own music, this would be the place to do it. <laughs> but he, it left him temporarily deaf in one ear, and that did nothing to dissuade them because they went to WWF. Where, uh, Okay, so this is another thing where in, the, Mick Foley is in Big Money Hustlers. And the way they got him in Big Money Hustlers is that... Um, when they arrived in WWF prior to, there's another weird rabbit hole prior to any of this, they took like videotapes of other wrestling matches and they commentaried over it, like making fun of the wrestlers. Uh, and one of the ones that they did was cactus Jack versus Terry funk. And they were like calling them cactus sack and Terry flunk or something like that. Okay. I guess so. They they brought them into the WWF to write a uh, theme song for these two guys who they had nothing to do with, like no no ideas that they that they that they wanted to do with them. They were like, let's bring in ICP and they can be the oddities, and ICP will like, you know, rap and they'll come out and they'll do this like like their their carnival sideshow freaks, right? Um, and when ICP arrived, Mick Foley, like, got them aside in the back and was like, where's my fucking money that you owe me for stealing my tapes and, like, making fun of me? And they just pulled out their <laughs> checkbooks, evidently, and just started writing checks. <laughs> Whether you want to chalk that up to cowardice or respect is up to you. But they, apparently, after paying Mick Foley, he was like, they're kind of cool, and, like, he agreed to be in their first movie. But, um, so, yeah, they, they, they managed these guys called the Oddities, and I'll send you a clip, but, like... Say what you will about how goofy the idea is. Listen to the fucking crowd go wild over this, right? They were, in wrestling words, over as fuck, man. They, they wait, what? Over means popular. What does popular. that mean? Like the crowd, they got over with the crowd. Okay, all right. Violent J gives a better promo than some of the wrestlers today. Uh, um, I mean, that actually doesn't surprise me. G- giving credit where it's due, the guys are performers. Yes. Like, they know how to work a crowd. It's, it's actually, I've watched a lot of live footage. They're pretty cool, actually. They actually come out and Violent J, like, does, like, live rapping while, while everyone's coming down to the ring. First off, I hope you'll excuse me for this next part. Um, I'm kind of suffering from COVID right now, so I'm a little congested and a little high on NyQuil. Okay, so for this next part, I actually wanted to use some clips of ICP in WWF, now WWE. 
um, but they are not exactly friendly towards people who use their footage, so I have to try to make transformative wrestling content. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put um, a little clip of me dancing in a Macho Man Randy Savage mask down in the corner and, um, and hope that offsets copyright. So the first thing is I wanted to show a little bit of Violent J cutting a promo. And it's nothing fancy, but honestly, um, I do think it's better than a lot of promos that I've seen. I'll tell you something, alright? Chew. I ain't no wrestler. Shaggy here, he ain't no wrestler. He's saying Clown Posse, we don't know nothing about wrestling, you understand? But we've been finding out real quick that it gets rough around here in the WWF, even for multi-platinum international superstar status like me and Shaggy Shags. But about the DOA, I don't know nothing about uh, Harleys and uh, bikes like like that, but I used to have a Huffy, and I'll gladly pull it out and ride it up and down your back if I have to. Now these are the oddities, and we're going to do our thing tonight. Stay down with the clown, and stay down with the oddities, baby. Yeah. The oddities. I mean, come on, he could have gone out there and completely McGillicuddied. And starting this moment, from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now of the genesis of McGillicuddy. Can we we hear from the winner now, please? Hit the buzzer. I mean, he could have just gone out there and yelled shit like Scott Steiner does. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Small Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal, so you got 25% at best at beating me. Anyway, just... Watch their entrance, listen to the crowd, and look at how good they are at working an audience. gives a better promo than some of the wrestlers today. Uh, um, I mean, that actually doesn't surprise me. G- giving credit where it's due, the guys are performers. Yes. Like, they know how to work a crowd. It's, it's actually, I've watched a lot of live footage. They're pretty cool, actually. They actually come out and Violent J, like, does, like, live rapping while, while everyone's coming down to the ring. Welcome back once again to Transformative Wrestling Content where this time we will be taking a look at ICP in WCW. Uh, here's a little clip of them coming down to the ring. They once again wrote their own song, um, but it's not as good this time.
They're feuding with a guy named Mike Awesome. His character is terrible. I guess WCW decided that 70s show was popular, and so they made him that 70s guy and gave him that 70s bus. And it's really lame. Violent J cuts a promo. Once again, it's not great, but it's passable. Let's talk about... Let's talk about hardcore. Testify, Brother J. Because of Mike Awesome, Vampiro is at home nursing a fractured spleen or something. Mike Awesome? Who's he talking about? Just like the 70s, you're dead. Right now, we're challenging you and that retard bus of yours. Oof, it was a different time. To come down here and have a hardcore match with JCW stars, the Insane Clown Posse. Oh, by the way, it's a hardcore handicap match, two on one. We challenge you right now. These guys really are clowns. They're challenging that 70s guy. So I can't show you the entire match, but I'll show you as much as I can. Um, Mike Awesome comes out in the 70s bus, and ICP go to confront him. They bring a trash can full of weapons, as you normally do in a hardcore match. Obviously, hardcore, if you don't know, means that there's no rules. Uh, but Mike Awesome comes out and confronts them with the fire extinguisher that you would obviously keep on your 70s bus. The guys brawl on the outside, they smack each other with some weapons. I don't really know how much damage a, a traffic cone does to the human body. Probably less than the trash can. After a couple minutes of uh, being heckled by the crowd and beating on Mike Awesome, Shaggy takes Mike Awesome to the top of the 70s bus while Jay sets up the table. But Mike takes over control, he puts Jay through the table. And this is the part that I wanted to uh, kind of highlight. They get on top of the bus here, and Shaggy goes like he's going to throw him off the top of the bus, but Mike gets the, the awesome bomb, which is like a running power bomb. He does this awesome bomb, and then you're going to see uh, Shaggy keeps sliding and takes a hard fall. That's a looks like a rough landing there. It kind of looks to me like Mike Awesome gets off the bus really quickly to go check on Shaggy when he goes and makes that pinfall. But yeah, that's actually the last match that ICP had in WCW. Uh, in summary, uh, it was about two minutes, it wasn't very good, and Shaggy looked like he got hurt. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> that's a rough landing. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Damn. Anyways, after this, they tried to get involved in, like, some... They were they actually were in a couple wrestling video games, too. But they tried to get involved in, you know, the the uh, conventions and, like, the indie stuff. And they pretty much got booed out of everything ever since that. But, man, I gotta give him credit. He was not afraid to take that powerbomb off no. the bus roof. Nope, he just fell off a bus. That, that, um, that looks like a bad time. Unfortunately, they also, like I 
I think I brought it up before. They have their own wrestling league, and it's kind of known for being the shitty kind of thing that produces people who are not well-trained and hurt their opponents and just kind of smash glass over each other. So it's another one of those things where it's like, man, y'all put out a lot of shit, but, like, there was this moment where, like, I can see that y'all had some passion and you could have really, like, I don't know, done some really cool shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and really the only other thing that I have notes on is, um, have you looked into any of the infomercials for Gathering of the Juggalos? No. Because, as, you sure, as, I'm sure, as I'm sure you know, the Gathering of Juggalos, Juggalos is ICP's yearly festival. It's, they've done it, like, every yeah. year since 2000, aside from 2020, for obvious reasons. Um... And I kind of like, I kind of love the idea of just like this big festival and they'd have music and they have wrestling and there's free cheeseburgers and there's Fago. Everyone loves Fago. Um, Wait, there's free cheeseburgers? The, a, apparently every year, one of the days, there's like a free barbecue day. Is that That's a, cool. Like a free cookout day. They just, and they just hand out free cheeseburgers and, and drinks. I'm assuming because they know that like their fans are inner city people who like paid $200 to get to this festival or whatever. And they probably don't have a whole lot of money left over to spend at it. So that, so that might be something that they decided was a consideration when they were making Very it. But cool. apparently, yeah, apparently they just have like a free a free cookout day. Um, but every year they also do an infomercial with it. And they range from like 20 minutes to over an hour. And there there have been years where, where before we go to MDF, me and our, you know, you know all the group who goes. Yeah. We just hang out the night before and laugh at the infomercials. <laughs> um, oh my god. Because they're done in a very... Um... So one of my favorites is the 2012 one. And they chose a zombie theme that year. Um, and it's very uh, AVGN level of like shooting spirit Halloween zombies against a green screen, right? Oh my god, okay. And and the the motif is like, this is the only place you're safe from the zombies who think like normal people and and you're gonna be with your freak family right but on top of all the clown clown paint bands that i'm sure that you have some ideas of like twisted and all that shit yeah 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 some of the lineup though just for 2012 um onyx i'm sure you're somewhere uh-huh. wherever that is cottonmouth kings dmx tech nine three six mafias a ghetto boys reunion um, Bismarcky, uh, Raekwon, order your Raekwon earpods with the promo code in the description. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeff, is Raekwon the worst Wu-Tang member? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. But if you're not into <laughs> rap, if you're not into rap, you got Soulfly, you got George Clinton, you got Static X, you got Fear Factory, you got P.O.D. And that's the year that they lamented that they tried for Alice in Chains and couldn't get them. Okay, hold on. I can kind of see Static X. Yeah. I'm very confused how P.O.D. fits in this. The Christian themes, clearly. Yeah, but I think the difference is the the Gathering of the Juggalos crowd is like, if you flash me, I'll give you weed. Whereas the P.O.D. guys are like actual Christians. Except there was a comedy stage, Cheech and Chong were on it, Jamie Kennedy. You might not like Bobcat Goldthwait, but he's a name. He is a name. I hate him, but he's a name. Ric Flair hosted the Saturday stage. If you're a wrestling fan, Bobby Lashley was there. The original Rock and Roll Express, which I think is another one. because, So as I alluded to, or kind of, ICP are incredibly divisive in wrestling. And the guy who 
like managed Rock and Roll Express during their prime would not go because he fucking despises ICP. If you want to hear old man yells at clouds about ICPs, about how good the old days were, Jim Cornette's great. They're a bunch of fucking jack-off pricks. <laughs> to be fair, when it comes to wrestling, he has a lot of good points about how modern stuff's like going to kill people. But he's very old man yells at clouds, and I kind of love him sometimes. Yeah. Isn't he the one that went on a, the rant about... um? Mark Madden. I bought him a Wendy's, and he. I bought him a him Wendy's. And the yeah. four, him and the four horses he rode in on can go fuck themselves or whatever. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah, he has a very creative way of insulting people that he doesn't like. Um, and I gotta lie, even this year, 2022, Green Jelly, Steel Panther at KRS One, Onyx again. They had. I'd probably see Mushroom Head and Sir Mix a lot. Let's be real. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So, and I mean, again, it comes down to it. They seem like decent people, and I think I'm about wrapping up, but the, the main thing um, that I, I want to come back to, I had to send out apology texts after this, Jeff. I had friends who wanted me to go see ICP with them, and I refused, and now, like, I'd probably at least do it out of friendship. Yeah. All right, I can see that. But unfortunately, they are not touring right now. And that is because Violent J has disclosed that he has some health issues. Yeah, I, I heard that he has um, some back problems. Well, he has atrial fibrillation. Ooh, okay, wow. Yeah, he, wow. he actually he is actually very not well, and he like cannot commit to a, to a big touring schedule. So I think he's just doing like festival no, things. Good on, and, good on him for, for calling it as it is and not yeah. killing himself doing it. S- so Damn, if, wow. if if ICP were to ever roll through, I would probably go see them just out of respect at this point. But um, I do want to say that we wish Violent J the best. Uh, any kind of negativity of what we said is completely aside from the fact that, like, you know, every human being deserves to, like, not die of atrial fibrillation, fibrillation uh, yeah, complications. No. I, I do not <laughs> wish I do not wish anything bad on any of them. I, I just I, I, I really respect the two of them and I respect their team and I respect what they did for a huge community of people who again, like I, this genuinely looks like a community. I just hate the music. Um, and that's fine. That's just personal preference by this. That's just, that's just, you know, differences of agreement on art, but I did see a very interesting, um, you know, interview where he was kind of, it it was obviously more recent. He was looking a little skinny. He wasn't looking so great under, like you could tell he was running face, but other than that, he looked like he was looking like losing weight. And, well, I don't want to say it like a bad thing. You can lose weight and, like, be healthy. But I'm assuming if he's also dealing with health issues, it might not be a great losing it, weight. It might but be I, one of those – it's it's one of those times where, like, I hate – you have the stories of someone who's like, oh, you look great. You've lost weight. And it's like, yeah, I have cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't want to compliment someone losing weight just to find out that they lost weight for very unhealthy reasons. I don't want to assume either way, but he, he looked like he was losing weight, and it, he's he's not healthy, and I hope that those things aren't related. I hope he's just, you know, but... I, but. I, would, hope, I would hope he's losing weight in an attempt to be healthier to help himself. Right, right. Um, but he made some sort of comment that, like, you know, it, it we try to make all of our songs different enough that you can listen to one track and listen and think, you know, I fucking hate this, I never want to hear this band again, and then listen to the next track and kind of dig it. And I would say that, you know, they accomplished that well enough, in my opinion. I would say, like I said, you know, one or two songs on every album I probably liked. Okay, I can say, now mind you, I did not like enough of it to really say that personally. But I can say that they do, yeah, they do do a good job of 
um, creating some variety in their music, yeah. which I and I, I've said this a million times. I love when an artist that you enjoy releases a variety of music because I love the conversation of, well, what era of their music do you like best? Yeah. You know, who was your favorite Deep Purple singer? Like, that kind of thing is one of right. my favorite music conversations to have with, with people who share the same interests. Um, so I can appreciate that, and it's, it's, it is very true. I will give them that. I also like at the end of the at that like answering that question, he just gets very excited and just goes, "I fucking love music, man." That's the thing about ICP, man. Is you might hear one song and think, "Man, I could never like those motherfuckers." But that's the thing about ICP is our songs are, uh, you know, we try to make our songs so different from each other, right? You know, and, and so you know, there's no, we don't have any boundaries on what we'll do, right? You know, what I mean, we might put something really soft out. Like moments of love by by uh, you know and, and, or something you know really soft soft song you know we'll do that shit we love that shit we might do acoustic and we might do a metal ass song with guitars we might do a straight fucking death pop it's pop but it's death pop mm. you know we would do we'd do a death pop song you know just straight up sounds like it's a pop record you know right. we do all that shit man we love it music is the fucking shit I really appreciate that so uh, Jeff take us home we've been going for over an hour. I think we've covered all the ICP that there is to cover right now. Yeah. Um, Chris, you want to wrap up with what you've been listening to outside of ICP? Oh, God. What have I been Anything? listening to outside I don't, of ICP? Anything? I don't know. The question is, what have I been listening to outside of ICP, Jeff? Isn't that the big question? I mean, yeah, it is. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it, though? Are you going somewhere with this? What's happening? No, the question, the the answer is I've been listening to so much ICP. I don't remember what else I've been listening. to. <laughs> okay, okay, great. All right, uh, I I, th- I put on Sheer Heart Attack the other day for a little while. That was pretty cool, but it's not been anything. I haven't been discovering anything because I'm too busy discovering ICP. Okay, gotcha. A little bit of John Prime. Oh, interesting. You know, to cut through all the Juggalo bullshit, I gotta, you know, fuck your Rebel flag and your. A flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. They're basically the same thing. But your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. They're already overcrowded from your dirty little war. Now yeah, alright. I can get that. I can, I can get behind that. Just What's real funny, real quick, about John Prine is that he's... Because I mean, he passed away not super long ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember when that happened, I remember I had that moment of like, I know who this is, but I cannot name a single song. Like I had that moment of just like, oh crap, I should probably like, I feel like this is something I should know. Did you investigate? I did. Um, I mean, he, I'm not like a big fan or anything, but it was just one of those weird, weird moments of just like, oh crap, I feel bad for like not knowing, like, I feel like I should have cared more about that. Um, actually, oddly enough, speaking of, um people who who passed away i found out not long ago uh that a singer named robert gordon passed away in october and i had no idea i just found out a couple weeks ago robert gordon was a rockabilly singer he sang with link ray who you probably know yes guitar player okay in fact I'm, it's your fault i know it but yes i do yeah okay i'll say i figured you had to know who he was either through me or through someone else i'm sure um yeah. in the late 70s they recorded a few, a couple albums together. There's one literally just called Robert Gordon and uh, with Link Ray, and one is called Fresh Fresh Fish Special, and they are both like the like they're the pinnacle to me of Link Ray's playing because it was like 
you know, he was big in the 50s when he was doing stuff like Rumble, right? Like, big influence on a lot of the early heavy metal and hard rock guys. Um, but it's it's ultimately, like, rockabilly, heavy surf influence music. Like, he, you know, had, like, his biker jackets and whatnot. The early tough guy music with his slick yeah. back, greasy hair and everything, right? But it took him 20 years to gain a lot of, like, the speed in his playing, but he was still sloppy as shit. So it's really awesome because it is fast and it's a mess and it is just as gritty as early rock and roll could ever be. So, and I mean, then Robert Gordon actually did some, like, early punk-ish stuff. He played in the band called Tough Darts. They were one of the early bands at C- uh, CBGB back in the day. Actually not a big fan of Tough Darts. I like his rockabilly stuff a lot more. So I've been listening to a lot of Robert Gordon with Link Ray. And then, I mean, yeah, obviously we're here nearing the end of, or the mid, like, we're in the middle of December. My life has mostly been Christmas music. Okay, going back to Robert Gordon with Link Ray, um, one song for the clip. <clears throat> Just give me, like, a song title. Um. To look up for the clip. Uh, 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 I'm trying to... spot too quickly. Well, you put me on a spot in a way of, like, there's, like, a couple different, very distinctive styles, so I'm, like... Do I either want to say Red Hot or The Way I Walk? I don't really have a huge preference. He he had two very distinctive styles of singing. Red Hot is which one, so... Which one would you say displays the, the fast, shitty guitar playing better? Um, I can, I can actually send you fast, shitty guitar playing. Um, if you want, there's a live recording that I could shoot to you that has my favorite Link Ray solo. Of all time. And and him on vocals? Yes. So, you know, that's actually not, not as good of audio quality as I thought it would be. Let's go with The Way I Walk. Okay. Um, You can tell by The Way I Walk. I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. This is um this is the rockabilly voice. Yeah. Robert Gordon also had a very good like early punk voice. It's I could see him being both Elvis and Danzig, you know. Yeah, exactly. But okay. But just to give you a fun example, if you listen to this, this is not a live recording. This is obviously one of those like pre-recorded pre-recorded like, pre-recorded live shows. Live shows. But yeah. just like listen to his voice is so funny because it's such it's such an early punk sound. Okay. Yeah, I mean, otherwise I've been listening to a lot of Christmas music, so that's that's my life right now. So so. Okay, since this is the Christmas season, Jeff. Yeah. Um, you sent something in one of our group chat earlieders. Early group chat. I was early. gonna. S- oh yeah, I did. I so I am. I am like the playlist king. Okay. I have over two hundred 
of my own playlists on Spotify. I make playlists for everything. I thought I had all of the best playlists you could possibly make until I found the absolute greatest playlist imaginable. It is made by user R-T-N-O-R-C-O-2, like the digit 2, and it is called Christmas Songs and Bonnie Tyler. It is total eclipse of the heart, and then an hour and 20-some minutes of Christmas music. The best part of this playlist is it does not include Bonnie Tyler's Christmas song. Two of, she has two, I think. Oh, does? Oh, maybe she does. I just know the, you know, there's, there's, I don't know what it's called even. It's awful. Well, I want to talk about Merry Christmas by Bonnie Tyler for a moment. Is it just called Merry Christmas? Because it's, yeah, it's my favorite Christmas song. I found it after we did our last series of Christmas podcasts, which by the way are going up right now. Oh, are they? Cool. Um, yeah, I've, so I while we were taking, I'm going to pretend it was a break for a holiday for, for the second and not like us just being incapable of like getting together. Um, but while we were taking our holiday break, uh, I've been uploading the old, uh, 2020 podcast. Yeah, I've noticed. Yes. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know about this song when we record, when we recorded this. And do you, do you know the, the bad French Bonnie Tyler song? It's not in French. It's just from France. Oh, this Merry Christmas song. Yes. Yeah. Um, if, if you... I'm just going to send it so you can give yourself a refresher, maybe. This is my favorite because it sounds like the lyrics were written in French and then put through Google Translate. Yes, I remember it has a really bad translation, but I forget what the one line is. The one line is just like, happy, happy Jesus or something. It's happy birthday, uh, happy birthday Christmas. That's right. Um, Stay a little Jesus. That's right. Happy birthday, Christmas. Happy birthday, Christmas. Bonnie Tyler sounds like she's on a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. Oh, she sounds awful. Help me, Santa Claus. Yeah, she sounds just terrible. Um, and, I mean, there's just other great songs. Whenever she says... um. Wanted Holy Jesus, or no, Wanted Mr. Xmas, Reward Little Jesus, or whatever. I just imagine, like, an old, like, cowboy wanted sign. <laughs> like, yes. she's hunting down Santa, but if you if you kill him, she'll give you baby Jesus. Oh, my God. It's and so she bad. Hits these, she hits these high notes, and fucking, I just smell nicotine in the room. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, okay, so for the record, like, I was never really a Bonnie Tyler fan, although I do feel like I should give her a, a better a better chance, too. But I just like, like any of those big, those big epic 80s rock songs written by Jim Steinman. Anything that, like, his involvement with Meatloaf and stuff, I just, I'm a whore for anything that just, like, sounds like it, it's, like, just a little too metal for Broadway, you know what I mean? Well, the problem is, I, I because I was listening to this playlist earlier, I felt like putting on a different Bonnie Tyler song that I didn't know. And I listened to a song called If You Were a Woman and I Was a Man, and it's as dumb as it sounds. Oh, great. Um, so I feel like I really do need to dig into Bonnie Tyler sometime. Maybe that'll be our next um, our next artist who we don't 
we don't know very well, but we will listen but we, to the but album we should. with Total Eclipse I could, heart. I could give I could give some listen to, to not, Bonnie Tyler. I'm not going to deep dive Bonnie Tyler, but I will genuinely listen to the album. I could, I could give it a couple albums, though. Yeah. I don't think we'll find out that Bonnie Tyler was involved in, like, pro wrestling or, like, made any movies. So no, I, I, get, I get the feeling it's going to be pretty straightforward. Yeah. All I know is I really like the album cover of the album uh, Secret Dreams and Forbidden Fire. Yeah. I like Man, the album it's name. a cool it album like color. It's a cool it's, album cover. It's also just an interesting name. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to like this. So I'll give this a shot someday. Okay, uh, do you want to give the audience one Christmas song that you've found since then that you would like to um, put on high? Like, a new Christmas song? No, just any Christmas song that you don't remember talking, that maybe you didn't know about when we recorded two years ago. Oh, oh God. Um, I'm, I need a minute here, then. Okay. Actually, you know what? Screw it. No, I have one right here, alright? I'm yeah. looking at my, my list of Christmas albums from 2022. Um, which, for the record, there aren't very many good ones. This has not been a great year for Christmas music. Yeah. Um, but Chris Isaac has a Christmas album just called Everybody Knows It's Christmas. And it yeah. has a great song that I recommend to everybody right now that is called Dogs Love Christmas Too. Aww. It is as dopey as it sounds. You need to listen to it. That's really all that matters. Otherwise, I hate to admit... That I have listened to. This was on one of the Bob Rivers Twisted Christmas collections or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's called The Chimney Song. Do you know The Chimney Song as featured on Bob Rivers? I don't think so. There's something stuck up in the chimney and I don't know what it is. And it's been there since last week. Oh. You get the point. It's a song oh. about Santa being stuck and probably dying in someone's chimney. That's very depressing. Uh, it's actually a really funny song. Like, it's really, like, strangely cute sounding because it's sung in this, okay. like, little girl voice of, like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. It's delightfully creepy and weird. Uh, and those are my current Christmas recommendations. I do Jeff. not, for the record, I do not recommend the new Backstreet Boys Christmas album. I think I've said that already on here, actually, but I'm saying probably. it again. I don't recommend it. Well, this might go up before that one, so that's fine. Oh, okay. Do you want to um, do you want to hang out and listen to ICP's A Carnival of Christmas with me? Absolutely not. Santa's a fat bitch. No. Santa killers. No. Did you know that All Lord right. Phobos re released a Christmas <laughs> EP? By the way. No. Do you know who Lord Phobos is? I don't think I do. He is the guitar player for um, Twerp Tupperware Remix Party, oh! who also plays with Ninja Sex Party. Okay. So he he released uh, a very Phobos Christmas. It's four it's four tracks long, and it is delightfully fun. If Fantastic. you're into very synthy, goofy, funky music, he, so it's yeah. it's a good time. So Jeff is Fago Red Pop any good? I finished my orange soda, and I need to drink a new Fago now. Oh yeah, no Fago Red is great. Do you like it? This oh yeah, no Fago Red's great. Fago Red is great. Oh, I can smell the strawberries. It's good. It's good. I don't like that at all. Here's a here's another weird side tangent. Um, while you were looking into this bullshit, did you like notice like some of the weird um 
like radio edits that like ruined the entire point of the song. No, I did not. I did not listen to any edits. So just while I was looking around for like research purposes, I was watching like the music video for Tilt a Whirl, right? Okay. And they did this thing where they took out they changed and like took out words. Um you you know the studio version of Tilt a Whirl, obviously. Okay, yeah. Uh it's like uh hang on die. But they changed it to hang on ride. Oh my god. And they changed like phrases like blood all over your neighborhood to fun all over the neighborhood. And now that this, now that I've like heard it, I remember that this exists because there was one time that we all went to Kennywood and they played the censored version on one of the rides, like the music you know the ride that goes around a circle and it's like the music box ride or whatever? The music go round. Music go round, yeah. Like they yeah. only played the the radio edit of Tilt a Whirl, and I didn't. That was one of the songs I've never thought much about until like I heard the studio version. Because now I realize if I had heard this on the radio, it just sounds like Hang On Ride, and it's fucking stupid. And you listen to like what it's saying in the studio version, and it doesn't. It sounds like they're like just letting shitty people get on a ride first. Oh my god. Because, That's really funny. Because it's like, you know, uh, uh, let the Richie up front, sorry you have to get on the ride with the poor, funnel over your neighborhood, because they oh. know what the death references. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that should not be a thing to happen. 